0: It's time for Decal Download, your source for news and information from the Georgia Department of Early Care and Learning. We'll hear from Commissioner Amy M. Jacobs and special guests to give you an update on all things Decal. This is Decal Download, downloading now.
1: And welcome back to Decal Download. I'm Rich Griffin, Chief Communications Officer here at the Georgia Department of Early Care and Learning, along with Commissioner Amy Jacobs. Well, it may be traditional, hybrid, or full distance learning, The Georgia's pre-K program is back for the 2020-2021 school year. Over 3,800 classes at more than 1,800 locations all across the state. So how are things going? Commissioner, for the best information straight from the pre-K classroom, We're talking today with our Georgia's Pre-K Teachers of the Year for 2020.
2: Well, I can't think of uh, two individuals that are not better prepared to tell us how things are going since they are actually in the classroom, either in person or virtually, and I'm very excited to hear from Heather and Jonathan today.
1: Well, it's our fourth consecutive year naming Pre-K Teachers of the Year, recognizing a winner from a local public school system and a winner from a private child care center. And uh, as the commissioner mentioned, joining us today are Heather Williams and Jonathan Hines, our 2019-2020 Pre-K Teachers of the Year. Heather is from Central Georgia Technical College's Larry O'Neill Child Development Center in Warner Robins. Jonathan is from the Barack H. Obama Elementary Magnet School of Technology in DeKalb County. We're also going to be joined by Megan McNeil, Summer Transition and Outreach Manager for Georgia's Pre-K program. And uh, Heather and Jonathan, welcome to the podcast. Hello. (laughs) Welcome back to the podcast, actually. You guys were with us in person back in the old days when we could meet in person at our studio uh, on Capitol Hill. Um, Heather and Jonathan, we want to know how you're doing now. But first, let's step back to when the whole COVID-19 public health emergency started back in March of this year and the impact it had on you and your students. Heather, why don't you go first?
3: Well, everything was just so sudden and unexpected. Friday, March 13th was just a typical day for us. And I had told the children they could have two days off. But late Sunday night, we found out our pre-K was closed in for about two weeks. So I did take the time to come in and deep clean my classroom but of course in no time we heard that pre-k was closing indefinitely Um, and it was just heartbreaking because we had no idea that friday march 13th would be the last time that we would come together as a class and then from then on we never knew what to expect and we were all just navigating new territory together and my only main goal was just to stay connected with my students and let them know that even though we weren't in the building i was still there for them as their teacher
1: ironic that it started on Friday the 13th, and you go into what has become, I guess, the, the name of, you know, people are saying we're going to start using this as a term. Don't go 2020 on me. <laughs> Don't be so 2020. Jonathan, how about you and your students?
4: Well, at first, the impact was minor because it happened so abruptly, like Heather said. So my students didn't understand what happened until weeks later when they realized their daily routine had changed. At that moment, um, I started receiving phone calls and emails because parents couldn't ease their child minds about being out of school because my student has had grown accustomed to being in the classroom with their peers. And I, so being that major influence, I had the I had the voice where my students could interpret the reason why we couldn't attend school to save the reason. I used this as an opportunity to use my pre-K knowledge to explain. In a way, four-year-olds will understand that being at home was the safest place for everyone.
2: Definitely a big change uh, for four- and five-year-olds. What well, we all know this year, Georgia's pre-K classes also look a little different with a choice of going traditional, which is in-person, a hybrid model, or a full-distance learning model. Jonathan, tell us what's happening at your school. What model are y'all operating under?
4: So My school district decided to go fully um, full distant learning, which is new to everyone. So, my first few days of um school, I was introducing my parents and students to the platform that we'll be using, so they can just get accustomed to navigating the platform to have a a, a great school year, especially with everything going virtual for the first nine weeks. Uh, so, is the last two weeks has been very, very successful.
2: Good, that's great. And Heather, how about in Wonder Robbins? What are y'all doing down there?
3: Um, We're actually doing traditional this year. Um, Our school year was only pushed back two days, so we started on August 6th. I have a nearly full class with 18 children, and we're still going strong with extra precautions in place, of course.
1: Excellent. So the obvious question, Heather, who's watching the kids? (laughs) Right now? (laughs) Yeah, right now. Um,
3: Well, my assistant is, and then I have another part-time teacher in my classroom, and I just asked her to stay later today. Because of all the extra precautions we're taking, we need a few extra hands at times.
1: I can imagine. Yeah. Uh, So good. I'm glad you were able to join us. We're recording this in the middle of the morning uh, for those of you that are listening. So my first thought was, who's watching the kids? And uh, we all know Heather's got this thing covered. So when you think about last year and then this year, what have been your biggest challenges As a teacher, and I'm imagining even in your young careers, this has got to be the biggest challenging year ever. Heather, how about you?
3: Oh man, I know I mentioned this in our last podcast, but the biggest challenge for me last year and this year is all the changes that occurred. Um, Like I said, last year my director was out for a few weeks due to an injury, my assistant was out for months due to an injury. My classroom became an inclusion classroom. And then I had the honor of being named Georgia's Pre-K Teacher of the Year. So I had a lot of extra responsibilities kind of all just thrown at me at once. And I felt like I just stayed busy all the time. and I, In our last podcast, I also said I was hoping for some order and peace and routine after the first of the year. But as you know, COVID-19 made an appearance and that just created even more changes mm. and new challenges. I
1: can imagine. Jonathan, how about you? What were the big challenges when you think about last year versus this year?
4: Um, the biggest challenge for me as a teacher is settling the fact that I can't be in the classroom with my students mm. um, because my passion is teaching and my students feel that passion with um, personal interaction and their unique personality so um, that's the biggest challenge for me not being able to interact with my um, students in person.
2: So uh, you both talked about the importance of staying in touch with your students and families during the school year especially in a pandemic uh, tell us what are some of your secrets in doing that successfully?
3: Well, I'm a huge fan of the Remind app. Uh, throughout the school year, I used the app to stay connected with families. I can send messages and pictures to them, and they can send messages and pictures to me, but you don't use any actual phone numbers. It allows extended family and family in different states to stay involved, and it just tremendously increased family participation. So when school shut down, I continued to use the app. And I sent the Georgia Pre-K at home lesson plans every week. I would send daily educational activities. They would send me pictures of what they were doing. And I could share those with the whole class. I also kind of used Facebook Messenger since we can't use real phone numbers so that I could connect with them individually. So we did the video calling. And then, of course, I had to become acquainted with Zoom. And I used that to reunite most of the class um, one last time at least. And like I said, I'm a huge fan of Remind and Zoom, but my school has chosen to go with what we call Life Cubby and Webex, which I'm really not that familiar with. So I've pretty much gone old school and I encourage email. And since we don't, our families can't come in the building, so mm-hmm. we don't get to see them. Um, so they really like email because they know they're talking to me. It's personal and it's private. And that's old school is going pretty well right now.
4: <laughs> uh, what about you, Jonathan? Well, throughout the summer, I decided that I wouldn't only educate the child, but I would ensure that my students were receiving a nutritious meal. Mm-hmm. Um, so I partnered with Isogenics and um, I provided healthy smoothies and blends for all my pre-K families. One of my favorite things so far is being able to stay in touch with my students through one-on-one visits, uh, where they had the opportunity to sit down and we um, caught up on things that they were learning and shared a few laughs together. So that opportunity to just share those few minutes one-on-one with them in, in a home visit or on the porch or outside, um, that one-on-one interaction really was one of the greatest things I did so far. And, you know,
1: that brings up something. If you are a pre-K teacher, uh, wherever you are across the state of Georgia, and you think about a partnership with a company or, or someone that, you know, initially you think, well, would they say yes? They can only say no, and many times they will say yes. So, Um, you know, use your creativity and don't limit yourself because a lot of times companies and organizations are looking for a chance to get involved in the community. And this is certainly a great opportunity. Um, We did an earlier podcast on COVID considerations in returning to school, asking, are your children socially and emotionally prepared to come to class, not just from summer vacation, but from isolation? What are the challenges here for your students, um, in your opinion, the, the social and emotional challenges of your kids, Jonathan, uh, how about you?
4: Um, to be honest at this moment, there are no challenges because for four year olds, this is their first year in school. So they don't have any preconceived notion on how school is supposed to look. So my students are excited about logging in and being engaged and learning through a virtual platform I have created. An, excitement, an exciting environment where students are just running to the computers, logging on, um, they're fully dressed, they're, in, they're engaged. So I have created this environment where it's normal because what is normal to a four year old if they never been in school? So to me, um, being, the, being a teacher, being a pre-K teacher, I had the opportunity to make their first impression, a last impression. So uh, we, are, we are doing well with uh, virtual learning. I don't even believe my students know that they don't supposed to be in school. Like they think this is the normal being on virtual learning, logging on, getting on the Chromebook and um, interacting with me through zoom.
1: Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. You know, they don't have a comparison. And so this is, you're probably their most popular um, TV show right now because they get to see Mr. Jonathan every, every day. That's fantastic. I saw something online the other day. They said uh, Mr. Rogers was probably the best one of the best teachers ever for young children and he always taught virtually through the tv so i guess you know he led by example heather how about you where do you see your students right now
3: well actually you and jonathan just took the words right out of my mouth but beginning pre-k is a major social and emotional adjustment for any child um, especially those who haven't been in a setting Like a pre-K setting. But if you consider the fact that many of them are coming out of isolation for a few months now, it can create even more social and emotional challenges. However, like y'all were just saying, we have the advantage of teaching pre-K during this, y'all can't see my quotation marks, new normal. (laughs) <laughs> um, I really don't like that term um, because everything is new to them. They didn't they didn't know that their family should have been able to walk them to their classrooms. They don't know that they should be able to drink out of the water fountains and not just refill their water bottles. I mean, they even think wearing masks is cool. Um, <laughs> so they just don't have anything to compare. And I think that children are much better at adapting than we often give them credit for. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I think you're right about that. Children are definitely better than adults. Um, I speak from experience for sure. So changing gears just a little bit. uh, We are celebrating the 10th anniversary of Georgia's pre-K week coming up October 5th through the 9th. How do you guys normally celebrate this in your classroom and how will you celebrate it this year?
3: Pre-K week has always fallen on our fall break, so we've never been able to really celebrate. Um, this year, it happens to be the week before our fall break, so we'll, we will celebrate somehow, but we're kind of taking it day by day over here, and we haven't made any huge plans yet, and we're kind of limited since we can't go anywhere and we can't really have any visitors. We just, discard, uh, just started yesterday discussing some virtual options, Uh, but we are excited to hear everybody else's suggestions and ideas on how to celebrate pre-k week. What about you, Jonathan?
4: So pre-k week for me or my class and my students is normally a big thing. We have a very eventful week with jumping houses and um, dances and parties and cupcakes and just different things like that. But this week, um, not this week, but this year, it will look totally different because we're we're doing it virtual. So I decided to do a school spirit week where each day on virtual platform, you know, Monday will be pajama day, Tuesday will be a hat day, Wednesday and so on. So we're just making the week still exciting, but doing it through a virtual platform. Uh, on Friday is the day that I will um, pass out t-shirts and crew. Um, we will create our own mask. So, That's that's the plan for this year.
2: That's great. What great ideas. We're trying to get creative on our end, too. So more information to come um, from us as well.
1: Yeah, I was going to say it's going to be virtual. And uh, hopefully we're going to have some special guests coming your way virtually from Governor Kemp and Commissioner Jacobs to our friend Coy Bulls, who uh, wrote Behind the Little Red Door, uh, accomplished author and musician from the Zach Brown Band. Uh, So look for more details uh, coming soon. want to help as much as we can in bringing virtual guests into your classrooms. Um, So we talk a lot about what children learn in pre-K. I know we celebrate this during pre-K week. We talk about advancements in reading and writing and math, science, social skills. From your perspective, what are the most important things children learn in pre-K? And from your perspective, where do you see the most development in that first year. Jonathan, let's start with you.
4: From my perspective, the most important lesson to acquire in pre-K is the importance of being a lifelong learner. Um, I create a space where students are able to ask questions and no questions is a wrong question. Um, according to Benjamin E. Mays, a child must learn early to believe that he or she is somebody worthwhile and that he or she can do many praiseworthy things so just being a life learner at an early age and developing a love for learning at an early age is is the biggest thing for me from
1: my perspective and uh, heather how about you
3: Uh, Most of pre k standards are related to social and emotional and language and literacy development, and pretty much everything we do in our classroom can be linked to one of those two areas, but usually both of the areas. And I also believe that those are the two areas that we see the most development. Of course, each child comes in on a different developmental level, but typically the children begin pre-K not recognizing their own name but at the end of the year, they can read and write their own name and um, usually their last name as well. During the first week of school, we teach the children how to hold a book, but in no time you see them moving their finger from left to right and from top to bottom and turning pages from left to right, and then eventually maybe even recognizing some sight words. Uh, In addition, most children don't begin pre-K having already been in a setting with 20 plus other children. So we literally have to teach kind words, soft touches, respect, taking turns, problem solving, sharing, self-regulation, and all the social and emotional skills that are necessary for children to safely interact. And those are also skills that they'll need throughout the rest of their lives.
2: So, we consider the two of you um, definitely two of um, the best pre-K teachers in the state. So, want to ask you, how do you prepare creative lessons for your students every day? That's a tough task.
3: Well, I include the children in the planning. I observe them and listen to see what they're interested in because you, like I know already, you know, from the things that the children do, the noises they make. I know I have a class full of boys and they love dinosaurs because they walk around T wrecking everything all day Um, (laughs) but I ask them what songs books activities they would like to see and I take their thoughts and ideas into consideration when I'm planning uh, while also considering their individual needs and differences and then of course I'm always following other educators and pages on social media and seeing what they're up to and what their suggestion as well Jonathan what about you
4: Oh, just like Heather stated, uh, I base my lessons off the questions or curiosity of my students. And um, I find to create a creative way to implement those, their curiosity, into our lesson plan. So that would make the class engaging and interactive because you're really basing the lesson off the things that they are curious about. Uh, so again, like just, just really knowing your students, understanding your students. Um, understanding what they like, what they, what they want to do, what they want to learn, and just incorporating those things into a lesson. Always keep the class engaged.
1: Great ideas. I am sure if any of our listeners were to visit uh, either classroom, Heather's or Jonathan's, you would be very impressed, uh, not only with our pre-K teachers of the year, but with their children and the students and how they are just like sponges and soaking everything in. Uh, that they're being taught. Well, Megan McNeil is our summer transition and outreach manager for Georgia's pre-k program and also the faculty sponsor, Den Mom, all of those things for our pre-k teachers of the year. Um, Megan, where are we in naming our new pre-k teachers of the year for this year?
0: Thanks, Reg. I love the reference of Den Mom. That's cute. So now that our finalists are back to school, whether it be virtually or face to face, we will begin the next phase of the Teacher of the Year process. It is going to look different this year as it will all be completed virtually. This will include a virtual face-to-face interview with a panel of DECAL staff, a submission of a small group lesson, either live or recorded on Zoom, and this will also include doing a virtual classroom observation. We hope to have all of this complete by the end of September and the winners announced very quickly after that.
2: We mentioned Georgia's Pre K Week is October 5th through the 9th. Any previews of this year's 10th anniversary?
0: Thanks, Amy. And we are so excited about our 10th anniversary of Georgia's Pre K Week. Pre-K week is going to be different this year. With the COVID-19 pandemic, our shift will have to be to a virtual pre-K week platform instead of our traditional face-to-face. We still have some very exciting things planned to celebrate our 10th anniversary, our teachers, our programs, and of course, our children. More details will be coming soon.
1: All right, Megan, thanks so much. We look forward to seeing all of that happen. Uh, with uh, the new Pre-K Teachers of the Year. We really don't want to give up Heather (laughs) Jonathan. It's going to be tough. But here's the great thing. We have a Hall of Fame, and uh, it's almost a fraternity sorority uh, for Pre-K Teachers of the Year. And uh, we want to give a shout-out to our previous Pre-K Teachers of the Year. 2018-2019 was Becky Thomas-Hayden and Stephanie Westhafer. 2017-2018, 2017-2018, Jody McNamara and Nathan Leatherwood. And 2016-2017, very first, uh, is Shannie Frazier and Connie Ellington. And uh, we thank them. They are very much involved. You see them on our social media all the time. Um, and uh, we love that they sort of stick together and do a lot of things uh, throughout the year as uh, pre-K teachers of the year when um, we need to wrap up let me give you one last uh, chance here a shout out to your students um, Heather what would you like to say what's your your main message today to your students uh, there in Warner Robbins
3: Oh man I love it when you give me unscripted questions <laughs> Stay healthy like I just want (laughs) to I want to stay like I don't want to stay closed again I want us to finish this school year you know not just to the kids but to the families just stay healthy stay
1: happy. I like that Jonathan how about you?
4: And the same um, just stay healthy stay happy because I can't wait to get back into the school building once it is safe Um, so yes do the right things, protect yourself, stay safe, stay safe. And um, I can't wait to see your face.
1: Yeah, I'll tell you what, it's funny how uh, circumstances will make you dial back your expectations. And um, we really do want our kids and our families to stay healthy and stay safe. Um, If you'd like more information about uh, any of the things we talked about today, pre-K teachers of the year, maybe you know, someone down the road that uh, should qualify for this, the Process for this year has already passed, but next year is coming soon. So contact Megan McNeil, Summer Transition Program and Outreach Coordinator at Megan, M E G H A N. McNeil, M C N A I L, at decal.ga.gov, or you can call Megan at 770 357 4911. And uh, virtually and in person, we are now going to release. Heather and Jonathan, let them get back to what they do best. Guys, thanks so much for joining us.
4: Thank you.
3: Thank you.
0: Now your questions from the water cooler.
4: My name is Jerry
3: Brown and I work on the communications team in Atlanta. My question for the commissioner is, can you tell us more about the new solve program and financial assistance for parents whose children are doing virtual learning?
2: Well, thanks, Jerry. So Solve is a brand new program at DECAL. It just launched on September 1st. And um, like every state agency, we like a good acronym. Solve stands for Supporting On-Site Learning for Virtual Education. And uh, we received about $19 million from the governor's office um, to implement this program to help parents who have students ages 5 to 12 years old who are in a school system that is only offering a virtual option. Um, what we recognized and the governor's office recognizes that many of these parents, obviously they are working and they work outside of the home And can't stay at home with their child while they're doing virtual learning and need a safe place for their child to um, attend during the day, get that support for virtual learning. And they also need some financial assistance because this wasn't something they had planned for in their budget. And so these SOV scholarships will help provide that financial assistance to parents so that their children can attend a full day program um, that is safe and healthy while also getting the support they need academically. And it allows parents to, um, to go to work during that time. It's a win-win for everyone.
1: I was gonna say the childcare programs that are involved have really um, welcomed this because they have the space and they have the uh, staff that can help in these circumstances.
2: That's right. I don't I don't think it's an easy transition um, because, you know, there's so many there are different school systems that have all different types of schedules and even schools within a district. Uh, it seems like have different schedules and requirements. But yes, it's definitely been an opportunity for child care um, to adapt and provide this type of service. And I, I really do think they're happy to be doing that for their families.
1: So if families are interested in applying, uh, where do they start?
2: So to apply, they go to gateway.ga.gov, and they will see um, on that page, it says apply for solve, and they click a button. It's a very simple application, and then our CAPS eligibility staff will process it as quickly as possible.
1: And do a little search on qualityrated.org, find one near you. You can search by zip code. You can search within a one or two or three mile radius of your home, or office it's pretty simple really when you kind of get it started and i know we're going to turn these around as quickly as possible
2: we are um, we've already had almost 100 applications on the first day that it opened and so um, and many of them have already been ap- approved so that's pretty fast
1: that is great and elizabetha Casper, our deputy commissioner of uh, caps uh, has given me this phone number for you folks it's 1 833 442 22 Seventy-seven. If you have questions, uh, and they are prepared to answer those uh, for you, 1-833-442-2277 if you have any questions about the new Solve program. And it's time to give you a chance at winning a nice prize, and the Decal Download Quiz will draw one name from all the correct answers received. You email your response to Download at decal.ga.gov. We send one person drawn from all the correct answers a very nice prize. Here's the question. Name one of our two Pre-K Teachers of the Year for 2019, 2020. How easy can we make it? Name one of our two Pre-K Teachers of the Year for 2019, 2020. Send your response to decaldownload at decal.ga.gov. Thanks for playing and good luck.
0: Thanks for tuning in to DECAL Downloads. For more information, visit our website at decal.ga.gov. The conversation continues on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and Pinterest. Follow Commissioner Jacobs on Twitter
1: at C-O-M-M Jacobs.